Hey guys, this is Tim Schwab. I am the CEO and founder of RPG Labs. Um, and today I'm talking to Josh again. We talk every, uh, every week and I hope to get the uh, podcast episodes up um, by, uh, by next week. So if you're listening on, on iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher, um, you're getting, uh, you're getting about a week late, which I think is fine because, uh, most of the things we talk about are, um, timeless for the most part, especially on the, um, you know, fundraising, building a team, keeping a team, uh, engaged and aligned, um, personal vision and all that fun stuff. So, um, without further ado, uh, welcome, Josh. It's uh, it's good to see you. I know you're out in Chicago, so hopefully you're surviving. Yeah, definitely, barely, but yeah, definitely. <laughs> we, we had some snow here too in Portland, and um, that was crazy because it felt like a November in the Midwest for a little bit, right? Yeah, so it wasn't as like humid and uh, wet as it normally is around here. It was more dry and. So it's weird when it, when it's uh, when it's like that when it's like Midwest cold, I can handle it no problem, right? Like I'm cool. I'll go out in a t-shirt as long as I'm in a garage and whatever. But uh, yeah, but when it's that like coastal cold, man, that's something different. Yeah, it's. I think you guys get the weather after us. I'm not sure though. So it seems like it this time anyway, because I know my friends in Madison were saying that it was. Uh, it was like ice was falling from the sky um, about a week before it snowed here. So it sounds right. So cool. Yeah. So dude, so give me the, uh, and you know, um, just in case this is someone's first time listening or watching, uh, why don't you give the, uh, um, the quick um, bio on, uh, on Threadist and you and uh, get us up to uh, today. Sure. Yeah. So uh, um, I'm the founder of Threadist. Um, which is an apparel and accessories marketplace. Um, we focus on new brands and making it easier for consumers to shop within social networks. Um, so you can imagine a pain point of uh, not being able to purchase directly on uh, platforms like uh, Instagram or Facebook. Sure. And uh, yeah. And so uh, trying to, simplify that that bio down but uh yeah it's it's coming together i'm I'm actually you know just got done with a pitch deck brought on a new co-founder um, right and also going to be working with a designer nice uh, work to do some stuff cool so now if i um if i remember right you're doing you're primarily doing the development um, on the site today, right? Yep, yep. And and I just uh, bringing on an iOS developer, which is which is definitely that'll be good. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, and then the the co-founder that you brought on, it sounds like he's going to mostly be focused on um, kind of building the the brand ecosystem for you and the partnerships. Is that right? Yes. Yep. Definitely. And he's also going to be focusing on brand influencing. So uh, basically taking our current consumers, current customers of brands and yeah. turning them into social advocates to the point where they're actually uh, funneling more traffic to these brands for us. Got it. Okay. So when we, uh, when we originally talked, you said that you, um, that you kind of pictured in the future, you kind of having the CEO role. Um, and now with, uh, with, you know, you bring out a co-founder who's not a developer 
I'm just wondering how that meshes. It's definitely changed. You should see our pitch deck. It's like now, you know, and I'm and I'm comfortable with it. I'm going to be founder and CEO. He's going to be co-founder and CEO. Got it. So, are you going to be? Did you put that down in like a, a document? where you guys both kind of agree on the, you know, roles and responsibilities. We've done it for the responsibility and all that stuff. Yeah. We've done it for the responsibilities, equity, um, having a, having a a one year cliff before anybody receives anything, but we didn't really define roles. Um, that's something we need to do next. That's something we need to do next. Got it. And also, do you have a, typically what I do, like my team all has agreements in place where, um, you know, they're working just on equity right now, Uh but the plan in there, you know, before they joined, I put together just a quick terms document in Google Uh that went over what role I'm offering, the equity I'm offering, and then very, you know, earnestly saying, you know, we're company's not in a position to pay, you know, a salary right now. Uh So you'll be working on equity alone. Yeah. Uh, But when we, I mean, it's the way it is, but when we, when we raise money, right, when we bring in X amount of dollars in our case, it's, I believe a hundred for, for the CTO and then Mm -hmm. 200, once we raise 200, I would bring the designer on, um, and then they'd be offered a, a full-time position with the, with those salary amounts that they, um, that we agree on. Mm-hmm. So in that way, you know, it's, um, it's based on, um, performance of the company to some degree. And, you know, they know that, um, that there's kind of a light at the end of the tunnel and what needs to be done to get there. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, if you don't have anything like that in place, I would certainly, um, certainly, uh, consider it. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you you actually gave me that advice um, to kind of. I forget these things sometimes. <laughs> in terms of bringing on an iOS developer to make sure that um, that they understand that we that this is all sweat equity and or you'll receive a salary once um, we're, we're bringing in. So I appreciate that advice. Cool, and it sounds like it helped. I mean, it sounds like you had that conversation. Right. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. So then what is, um, so then you're, you're, are you actively fundraising right now? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, maybe. Um, well, kind of, we kind of talked about this last time. We I, did. Um, I decided to change the valuation. So I'm, I'm raising a friends and, uh, friends and family round. Which is basically enough money to go ahead and get this application developed and run a few experiments. Um, sure. And then after that, I would like to raise between three hundred and fifty and five hundred k, and that will definitely put us in a position to just just kind of just build it out. You know, at this point, you know, uh, building out a team, understanding the product pitching to multiple people everybody understands the idea so now it's just time to execute yep and uh i can't really i I wish i could uh i wish i could move faster but we all do understand yeah i also understand that you know um, it's going to take some time and we like i have to do it right first so yeah i mean there's a there's a fine balance between getting something out there and getting the perfect product out there. 
Um, and for you, it's, you know, it's a little tricky because you need to set Threadist up as a very specific brand. Right. Right. So, so if you, who would you liken your brand to, right? So for me, um, you know, in terms of brands, I look at like your luxury high end brands where I would include Apple in there. Certainly most of the luxury car classes. And then you've got your, you know, your um, specialized brands like Scion for Toyota, right? Where it's a younger demographic, a little more style, uh, economical in in price, right? So have you you kind of um, laid that out or at least thought about it? Yeah, so I've definitely thought about it. We're actually, um, so we're going after new brands, right? Um, And these new brands, you're you're right, they, they vary from kind of very, you know, um, high end all the way down to, oh, well, I'm just kind of working on this t-shirt design. I'm really just trying to make some extra money. There's, right. there's several, there's several, uh, categories in that sense. We haven't, uh, necessarily made it cookie cut it, but we have, um, we have had the chance to think about like our price points and, and, the average amount of an item is going to be sold for if we go after this certain type of demographic when it comes to sellers. Um, I'm hoping a lot of it is determined by the the consumer, you know, um, like basically um, deciding what new products we need to add basically by what the consumer's feedback is. Yep. Um, but at the same time, uh, so it's an evolving thing, yeah, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. That's something that you're, that at some point you might have broad kind of exactly generalizations for it, right? Like we, like uh, I was sharing um, our strategy map, RPGs uh, strategy map with our designer, uh, Matt Stuckey uh, yesterday. And so there's a culture piece of it, right? And so we, you know, the brand feeds into our culture or culture feeds into our brand. There we go. Mm-hmm. So um, so part of our brand is being like authentic and being um, service oriented, right? Like we're trying to help people in, in different capacities um, from a, mm-hmm. just a service perspective. And then, um, and then there's also some things in there I think about as being weird and unique and rebellious. Ooh, if yeah. rebellious isn't in there, it should be in there. Hold on. <laughs> write that down. All right. So so then it sounds like you've got some goals to raise money soon here. So are you thinking first quarter for that friends and family round? And how much will that be? So I'm thinking we'll see, we'll see how much I can get. But um, I'm really yeah, sure. You have a number and a plan, sir. So... 10 to 15k okay and what are you going to do with the 10 to 15k i'm going to get this iphone app built i'm going to focus on marketing and just pr just just really just onboarding brands onboarding users that's all it really needs to go to at this point no we're as founders we're not taking any money we just want to make it work um because it's the fact that i could possibly just you know, build an, an iPhone app to touch millions of lives will will pay for itself um, if if it's if the execution is done right. So you know, yeah, and if I the value is there for the users and consumers, yeah, right? yep, and and 
my advisors have been pointing me in the right direction thus far. So um, I think I'm I think I'm on a good track. Uh, yeah, I think I'm on a good track. So awesome. I think so too. Thanks. And then, uh, so do you have the traction and the team you need to raise that friends and family round? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, those are reluctant. Yes. <laughs> not, well, so I've been actually talking to family members already. My uncle, who's like, you know, he's he's doing some pretty pretty big things, and you know, other relatives they've um, they they've said they want to support. Um, but my uncle, he's he's already advising startups. He's he's already been advising um, um, some some students down at the University of Illinois. Has he invested at all? I don't think he's invested, but he, he actually, uh, he, he's been getting something back simply for being an advisor. Um, yeah, I do too sometimes. Yeah, he's, he, so he's, uh, he's the president of the alumni chapter of the University of Illinois. Okay, so how's he going to help? He's going to, so first of all, he's, he's been a headhunter for over 20 years. And he's been getting... Uh, into just being a deal maker and connecting people with other people. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so, so he's definitely been able to provide some good insight. Uh, you know, he was like, he's, he's the family member closest to tech startup. So I thought he'd gotcha. be a good addition. Good place to start anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So, okay. So he was giving me some, you know, pitch feedback as well. Like, you know, just, Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's he he actually is. Uh, he says there's there's a few small holes. Like, did you did you get a chance to check it out? I did. I looked at it uh, pretty briefly just to look at the layout and the overall design, and I thought it was pretty strong. It was more specific than I thought it was going to be, which is good. Okay, um, cool. But it looked well put together. But I didn't dive into any of the details. Okay, yeah. So um, one thing that he really liked was how we laid out the the, the pain point. Of the consumer, we we basically showed that this 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 consumer has to go through multiple steps to actually make a purchasing decision, and he said that um, I need to show the old process and our process. So how we shortened that, he said that was that's what he liked the most about it, or that's sure. that's what we spent the most time talking about. Um, sure. He also said that he wants to see some type of revenue projections, which is kind of hard when you're pre-revenue, but right. um, he's definitely, he's, yeah, he's, he's definitely someone I, um, that, that I look up to and, and someone who I, I knew would want to support. Um, and, and mind you, this is from talking to him for years now, you know, trying to, trying to tell him or show him that I'm interested in tech startups and you know right. now, now he's getting into tech like it and it and it's 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 crazy but I think my family is is going to start seeing it awesome good yeah that'll be helpful for a number of reasons oh yeah definitely <laughs> so that's good and so then um where so then that you're hoping to happen in the first quarter and then in the Sometime, uh, and you didn't tell me when exactly, but sometime this year, then you'd like to raise 300000 which would get your team on full-time. So then the, the questions I have are, one, what would be like a time frame for that? And again, these no one's like putting these dates in stone. 
right? Like, I'm just trying to see if you've thought through kind of what it's going to take to get there. And then um, what do you think, based on the feedback you're hearing so far, what type of traction do you need to have in order to raise that 300000 So let's assume the 25 k happens. Okay. Okay. And that some of your assumptions work, some do not. Um, what do you need in order to raise that 300 K later this year. Okay. So we need more traction. <laughs> so right, right now we're at, traction. yeah, right now we're at like almost 1100 signups. Um, nice. And we, um, we, I want to have some purchases. So let me back up. Sure. In order to raise that money, we need to have some type of sale, some type of revenue coming in. Yep. If it's through sponsored advertising or transaction fees, convenience fees. Um, so that's that's actually that's the first experiment I want to run. This the second experiment. So is those this, are the three remedy, revenue streams you're imagining, yep. right? Uh, okay. Yep, and and there's there's actually opportunity for more um, simply from talking to brand owners like in Chicago who don't necessarily uh, want to be online. They want to, nece- they want to sell more in store. So there, there's also another opportunity for revenue uh, by connecting this online interface to an in-store experience. But yep. that's another story. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Keep those in mind. So I've got, I don't know how you've put the numbers together for this, but I've got a budget template uh, that I'm doing for RPG Labs right now mm-hmm. that doesn't really show a... I mean, there are pieces of forecasting in there on a month-by-month basis, mm-hmm. but what it really does is it helps you um, see what the uh, inputs and outputs look like. So it, it'll show you after you fill it out and you put in all your expenses and different ways that you'll bring in money, um, it gives you kind of an annual picture of what's coming in and what would be going out. Um, so I can send that to you. Um, it's been helpful for me through my last three startups, and I don't see any reason why I wouldn't continue using it. Okay. Um, so that should be cool. Yeah, I'd, I really appreciate that. Yeah, so we're in the same boat. I'm hoping to raise 200 to 300 um, this quarter. Um, and in order to do that, you know, we need, we need to get more, uh, more sign-ups just to uh, just opt-ins to our newsletter but then we also need to have, um, you know, at least some traction, some revenue, yeah, um, some sort of, you know, some full cycle where we, you know, someone comes, they we offer them product, service, whatever, and then they pay us, right? And then we deliver the thing, and they're happy. Like yeah. that needs to happen a few times. Yeah. Um, then once we have that, we've got. You know, we've got the benefit of having someone on the team that can pitch a uh, vision really well. So I'm certainly going to utilize that. Uh, that person is me. Um, so, but having traction combined with that, combined with um, having a good network, are the leading indicators that I'm looking at that um, that could work out. Now, um, I'm just talking through this, just to kind of give you an idea of where my head's at and how I think about these things. So. Then the next thing I think about is, okay, those are the things that are going well. What do I think, what potential roadblocks are there? So there's always, um, there's always disengagement, which can happen with the team, right? I could lose interest. Tara or Matt could lose interest. I don't anticipate they will, but they could. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. There is, you know, all of our tests failing, which thus leading to disengagement and thus leading to, you know, things not working out. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and so those are all the things I try to, I try to think through. Um, but yeah, so let me, okay. So those, and I, so you're in a similar position and then have you planned out what you would do with the 300 K? Yeah. I mean, nice. I mean, it's, it's definitely a part of the, the go to market strategy. It's, it's really to put, so let's see, what do I have here? So I, I want to put at least uh, 30% into PR marketing inside okay. social communities already. So we got Facebook, inf- uh, Instagram, and Twitter advertising. Yep. Um, okay. Because those are, those are the users who are, are really going to grow. Um, sure. Threadist. So marketing is going to be 30%, and then the remaining would be payroll, I imagine, mostly? Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, but I want to stretch that. I'll probably hire some more contractors, maybe bring on one or two full-time developers. I don't know how you guys do the contractor thing. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really fun. How you do it. <laughs> it, when I say contractor, I mean somebody who wants to start off doing contract work, but wants a more of a, a long-term position, um, simply because okay. they, uh, they, they see the, the, the opportunity in this. Um, and I, and I think it's cheap initially. Um, but, uh, like, like just initially it has to be like a trial run, you know, maybe, maybe you work for a month. I would suggest laying that out ahead of time. Right. Yeah. And like, you'll be working on a contract basis for the first 30 days. If everything goes well, um, we'll extend an offer. It'll look like this. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can change those variables, but I would certainly recommend laying that out ahead of time. Okay. Um, yeah, my my whole thing with contractors is like, uh, I don't know. Like, I guess if Tara or Matt wanted to hire contractors for specific parts of the projects they're working on, fine. Mm-hmm. But um, from like a core contributor or like founding member of the team or like someone that's going to be leading projects, like Tara and Matt are doing. Like Tara's doing all the back end for us, right? She's mm-hmm. doing all the building of the stuff, and Matt's working purely as a designer, right? So those are, those are handled, but like, I wouldn't hire a contractor to take on marketing. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's only dealing with the scarce resources, which is developers. Yeah. So in my experience, I didn't spend money on marketing. I typically don't in general, um, because I come from a sales background and sales and marketing have a tenuous, uh, contentious relationship. So, um, and, and if you can generate interest through outbound activities, I always recommend doing it. Like for your partners, I wouldn't recommend trying to advertise your way into getting brands. I would yeah. certainly physically go or call them or email them or a combination of the three if you really want them. Okay, so, um, so you're saying to go in person or, or at least maybe have, have as much personal interaction as possible? So it, it, the answer, of course, is it depends. Um, for... In my experience, um, I've I've had there was one client um, when I was working primary like purely in a sales role at a company called Travel Guard that was uh, purchased by AIG for two hundred million dollars. Um, but I was working with uh, e-commerce companies, so companies that were selling travel online. Mm-hmm. And there was one company in particular. I won't say who they were, but um, at the time they were being ran by you know one entrepreneur. He since sold it to one of the big three. Uh, online travel agencies but i tried emailing him and he kind of emailed me back like one sentence like 
oh, we're already making plenty of money with our current person, blah, blah, blah. And then I emailed him back and he didn't say anything. And then I emailed him again. He didn't say anything. And then I said, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. I'm just going to go out there. Right. Because mm. I couldn't find his number or like I couldn't I, I didn't know anyone next near him. So I just planned a business trip out there. I told my boss that I had a meeting. I did not have a meeting. <laughs> I, um, I emailed him as I was boarding the plane. I'm like, hey, I'll you know, I'm flying out there. I'll be there. I'd like to show up around 3 p.m. Um, you know, if you're not there, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I'd like to see you. I'm seeing some other people in the area too, and it would work out really well. Whatever. So I get off the plane. I send another email. Let him know, hey, just landed. You know, and I haven't talked to this guy right at all. And so uh, from there, uh, my phone rings, and it's from a number I don't recognize, and it's him. And he's like, hey, it's Joe. I'm like, hey, Joe. It's like you still coming mm-hmm. by at three? I'm like, yeah, I'll be there at three. He's like, cool. We'll see you then. so i went in there i you know pitched did my thing he switched over the next day and they ended up you know made a lot of money so um so it all depends but i knew that we could help him right i knew the product i knew that we'd make help make him more money so um he he didn't know that though and so i'm like all right well i gotta do what i gotta do now for somebody that isn't gonna add that much value or you're not sure i might just include them in an outbound email campaign using something like outreach or, you know, if Sales Beach still existed, certainly <laughs> use that, but it doesn't. Um, using something like Outreach or just manually doing it. Um, and then for the ones that you're really excited about and you, you want to talk to, I'd bite the bullet and cold call. I'd just set aside like two hours, get the phone numbers together ahead of time, strike mm-hmm. call on them. And I mean, really, what you want to do with that first phone call is just get another meeting and to see if they even have, if they're spending money in this area, right, or if they do this. Yeah. Um, that would be my recommendation. And so, I mean, if you're going to undertake something like that at some point, I can certainly help you plan that campaign and, um, and do the, the outbound stuff. Cause like I said before, um, I'm hoping maybe this week I'm going to start cold calling investors and just do it live here on blab, which would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it'll be cool because, uh, in my experience, cold emailing them, I got nowhere. And granted at that time I had no reputation. I had no network. I, no one knew who I was. Um, so uh, I'm interested to see how much my progress over the last year and, you know, over the last year and a half, uh, would make to, uh, to see if it works out better. Hmm. But, um, but anyway, yeah. So if that's something you want to do, we should definitely do that as part of uh, one of these episodes. Like that's a whole episode. Um, okay. But the, in terms of fundraising, the other thing I did last week is I got, I spoke with uh, Ryan Beckland, uh, one of my uh, good friends uh, who also grew up in Wisconsin with me, and he was sharing um, his uh, fundraising thesis and how he does it. And so his pitch, um, you know, at 500 startups and the way that I've done things is, you know, the the mantra is like if you have if you have traction, like pitch traction, put it in your first slide, right? If not, pitch pure vision. Um, and and you want to pitch vision as long as you can, because once you actually have real numbers that you have to share, then suddenly you're stuck in reality. Right. Um, again, that's only if you can pitch vision. So there's two pieces. One, you've got one and two, you've got someone that can communicate it well and get people excited. And you know that just if they're getting their friends excited, they're able to bring people on board to donate their time to the company without paying them. These are all good signs that you've got someone who can pitch. So if you've got those things, do it. Uh, but Ryan had a really interesting uh, way of, of outlining his pitch, which I'm, I'm hoping that 
you know, I'll cover with you and anyone else that's, that I'm working with who's fundraising. But it was really interesting. His first slide was essentially like how it was the market context is what he called it, which is essentially like, how is the world changed that makes your thing, the thing you're building and working on, that makes your thing suddenly relevant and that may, that now is the right time and that you're the right person to do it. So, or not yet, that last part doesn't come yet, but, um, so it was all about market context first. So example for, for RPG labs, um, you know, college educations are not preparing people to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, the only people that are learning how to do this are people that can get into accelerators, which is such a low percentage, um, because of just the dynamics of the workforce. And, you know, there, this whole idea of working at the same place for 20 years is dead, has been right. dead for a long time. Uh, the whole idea that you're going to be able to depend on a corporation or, or a organization to take care of you is bullshit and it's dead. And so you've got more people freelancing, more people wanting to be entrepreneurs, and there being no real direction unless you're already a rock star, right? right? So if you're coming out of Harvard with a great idea, like, yeah, you'll get everything you need. But yeah. if you're someone like me coming from the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, no real education, right? Nothing but maybe some good experience at work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, all I'm going to be able to do is read TechCrunch, listen to podcasts uh, that maybe aren't focused on the actual how-tos, but are more like, here's an interesting person talking about why they're awesome. Like, right. that's great. But not necessarily helpful on the on the day-to-day stuff. So, um, but so those are the elements for RPG labs, right? And then in Portland specifically, we've got a bunch of colleges spitting out a lot of generalists, right? And a lot of startups that want to move here. And so the conversions of those two create an immediate opportunity. And the stuff that I just talked about earlier is kind of the big national, uh, big vision of what we're doing, where we can really help aspiring entrepreneurs and uh, current entrepreneurs do more faster better which ideally will spur uh, nationwide economic growth so if you don't like that you're not american <laughs> I just made yeah. That. yeah so like you're so not <laughs> right, right it's my that's my uh uh september 11th fear type marketing message if you don't like it you're not american <laughs> but uh uh, it's, it's funny to hear that from somebody like me who's advising a company in India and picked up another one from Australia today. But anyway, um, so that's kind of my thing. So, I, and then from there, then he went into the team, right? So he was like, "Here's the market context. Here's why what we're building is important." And then, um, and then from there, you can see how you can easily go into what you're actually building. And then here's the team that's putting it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, it was pretty standard with projections and hockey stick bullshit. But I really thought that was a great way to start a story that you can use outside of a pitch deck as well, right? Because okay. you're speaking to the problems. Yeah. Can we recap that? Right. So... Um, the recap is, uh, start with your market context, which is how is the world changed that suddenly makes your thing in your case, that suddenly makes Threadist relevant specifically to your customers. Okay. So, uh, for me, it's the basics are startups have terrible turnover rates, um, or have high turnover rates. So do companies, there's more uh, volatility, volatility in the job market. So by helping to train and prepare 
uh, aspiring entrepreneurs to be entrepreneurs and to work at startups if they're not ready to start a company yet, because I always recommend you work at one first before you start it, unless you're just one of those people that just starts shit, in which case, please start <laughs> shit. But, um, you know, to work at startups, then ideally we'll extend the, um, you know, we'll, we'll, in, we'll decrease the turnover rate at startups and making them make them more effective so that they can grow faster, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the dynamics and why the world, how the world has changed is all about um, the education system combined with the um, co- a country's economic growth that none of us are satisfied with and nor should we be. Um, those are the things that are changing that make um, RPG uh, relevant. Right. So for Threadist, I'm not sure what those would be, but if you start with your market context, you can easily build to the rest of your story in a compelling way. And that way, um, I think the advantage of that is that um, it really highlights the right things, right? You're really talking about vision first. And so if you don't have traction, your pitch doesn't change too much. Um, You still lead with that, but then you just get to sound really impressive if you have traction after that. So I can send you the template and we're going to make that available to um, RPG uh, members um, as well. I'm still messing around with different tiers and um, stuff like that. But um, that's one of the things that we'll have available, our slide decks um, from people that have actually raised money. So from Chris Hall's at Light360, Ryan Beckland at, uh, I finally know how to say this right, hold on. Uh, I always say it's Veladic, but it's Vilid- Vilidic? Vilidic. Yeah. Ugh. He need, I mean, if he hadn't raised so much money and been so successful, I'd encourage him to change that name. But um, So that's one of the things we'll have available um, in addition to meeting with me and um, having access to um, some kind of special resources that I don't make available to other people, including some kind of underground optimization, but cognitive and physical optimization stuff we use. Um, and all that good stuff. So I'll send you that along with the budget after we're done talking. Hopefully that's helpful. Um, okay. Yeah. So uh, does does that make sense? The yeah, sense. context. Yeah. yeah. And he said that he hasn't seen anyone raised that way. Um, he and I I haven't either. But um, the other thing he said that was interesting is towards the end of the call, I'm like, so how cagey are you with investors? And I mean, he's at a later stage than we are, but because um, in my experience, the founders I've worked with are just like I advised you, where they're kind of like, well, we're not raising, but blah, blah, blah. And uh, Ryan's approach was perfect Ryan Becklin shit, where he was like, he was like, no, the approach is, is that I don't give a shit if you cut me a check or if the next guy writes a check. But well, this is going to like, I know what I'm doing and my team knows what we're, we're doing and this is going to work. And um, so he's like, I don't give a shit who gives us money, but we need it in order to capitalize on this. Right. So that was his attitude. And I can really see him bringing that attitude through everything. And I think that if you if you're really confident, you're sitting on something strong, and you can pull that off, that may be the best pitch, right? That may be the best strategy. But that's when you're going out and you're like, I'm fundraising for like two to three weeks straight, and that's all I'm doing, and this is what I'm pitching. And if I strike out, here's my plan. But whatever, right? right. So that's um, that's the mentality I definitely want to practice. <laughs> Me too. Me too. So as we get kind of closer to you going out and doing the fundraising roadshow. Um, you know, you still want to be casually building your network. And during that, this time, you know, you can let, if you talk to accredited investors or I'm sorry, 
institutional investors, so people part of seed funds or venture capital funds, let them know off the, off the like right off the bat, like, um, hey, this might be a little early for you guys, but we're going to be around for a while, so I'd love to keep in touch. You know, okay. we're not going anywhere, that type of thing. And then as we get closer, I'll talk to you about how to kind of prepare for the roadshow. We'll look at the pitch. Some of this wow. we'll do public, some we won't. Um, and you and I will kind of decide that together. But there's also a lot of, in, in addition to the what you'd expect, there's also some other weird stuff that I do that you may or may not find value in. But I'll straight up watch like all of uh, Don Draper's pitches from Mad Men on a loop <laughs> in the background and uh, while I'm working. And then I will actually film myself doing the pitch. And See, uh, that's something I would I would be interested in. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard to do alone because you feel really douchey. But if you have someone that you're kind of doing it with, it's a lot easier. So, yeah. yeah. So we'll definitely talk about that too. Cool, man. Well, I actually, I think I'm going to run because I'm smelling dinner and I know the family will be upset. But um, anything, anything kind of urgent you want to, uh, you want to talk about or anything I can help with real quick? No. No, next time I definitely want to get my co-founder on. Sure. Um, so, because so, last time you mentioned kind of analyzing our difference in opinions. So mm-hmm. I definitely would like to see that and just kind of talk about that. Yeah. Has he taken uh, the Myers-Briggs ind- type indicator? But No. Should I send that to him? I definitely would. I mean, RPG will have our own assessment soon. That is basically a Myers-Briggs test, but just okay. my own, our own style and flavor kind of mm-hmm. all over its face, neck, and chest. But um, that was graphic. Um, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you, the 16personalities.com is the one I recommend. And um, just for, for anyone who's listening or watching, the Myers-Briggs type indicator is uh, one part of a full evaluation and assessment that RPG Labs is creating um, and that I've been using just uh, personally to build teams. So expect uh, some more uh, podcasts and just resources around that in general. Uh, but okay. Josh, you tested as a ENFP, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, ENTP. ENTP is good. I like that better. Well, whatever, whatever personality type you are. Okay. Yeah. Then it's ENTP. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's that. That's fun. And typically, people that engage with podcasts and um, internet resources, internet stuff in general, they're, uh, they're typically EN something, uh, they're typically, uh, EN, ENFPs actually are the ones that reach out more often than not, mm. but entrepreneurs tend to be ENTPs or, um, or the, and, um, and I'll talk about this more next time, but your ideal kind of CTO is like an INTJ, which would be like a Mark Zuckerberg type, uh-huh. uh, Elon Musk type, um, and then you're like that. Yeah, I recently met someone like that. So they'd be introverted, but uh, mostly in their head. Probably don't have much style. Um, yeah, yeah. My <laughs> so my cousin, she is a music therapist. Oh, interesting. So I don't know. Maybe she could help me out and type of way she's an engineer maybe but yeah. that's always good to have examples in your personal life so you can kind of know what they look like but uh-huh. and then your ideal designer if you can find one is an infj they're mystical creatures though <laughs> they're, they're like the unicorns of personalities 
So you'd know if you've met one as an ENTP because they're like, they're like, I don't know, they're like unicorns. You have to, you want more of their time, but you can't get it. Um, <laughs> you know, if you've ever dated one, you probably still are still in love with her or him or whoever yeah. it might be. Yeah. That's, those are INFJs. But anyways, we'll talk more about that next time. But um, yeah, next time, see if you can get your co-founder on it this time. If this is hard for him, no worries, because our podcast schedule is the same. Okay. Regardless. So uh, yeah, so I'll send you the budget and the, the pitch template. And then, um, and then yeah, so next time we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk with him. And it'll be more of kind of a alignment, uh, team team building thing just to kind of set you guys up for success. So you've got a similar vision on what you're doing. Um, okay. but also just to learn more about him. So, um, I, when you talk to him about what we're doing, I'd encourage him to uh, listen to what we've done so far. Uh, but then also to understand that this isn't an opportunity to like present yourself or threat us as like an awesome company yet. We're kind of working behind the scenes and being honest and trying to actually help you guys. Because okay. there's a different thing, right? At some point, we might need to do the flashy, this is why we're awesome thing, probably after you raise money. But until then, it'll be really cool to have this, both as a reference point, um, but also because I don't think anyone else is uh, really putting this stuff out there. But these are all the conversations that I have. I uh, haven't seen anything else out there like it, so hopefully it's useful. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, Tim. Um, yeah, and, and again, I appreciate all the insight. Yeah, man, it's been a lot of fun. So cool. Um, I'm Tim, and that was uh, that's Josh, and we will talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.